Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. We're going to welcome in our buddy Colin Thompson, of course, NFL tight end, Sirius XM NFL radio host. Also, check out Not For Long Media. He's the founder. They've got great podcasts. You guys are going to love it. At Colin Thompson TU. On Twitter, we say what's up to our buddy Colin, of course, talk about championship weekend, Baltimore right now, three and a half, San Francisco seven. I'll put that over here for one second. I'm not going to give away the location, but you're in the DMV right now. Are you hearing Washington, the commanders? It's Ben Johnson as far as that next head coach, or are you hearing another name? I'm not hearing anything. I'm not an insider, but if I am a smart person in the game of football, which I'm working my you-know-what off to try to be one, I would assume that that's an attractive location for the best, quote-unquote, offensive coordinator candidate out there. Uh, They have cap space. They have a whole new direction with the ownership group that comes from the Devils and the Sixers. I like the direction of that football team. They traded players away at the deadline like we talked about here on the show. So I, I like the direction of that place. I think that's a place where Ben Johnson would want to go. And there's a young-minded GM, which I think is so big. Who's your GM? Who's your owner as a head coach? I don't think people think about that enough. That plays into where coaches make the decision and the teams they go with eventually. Colin, let's stay on that theme a little bit. Patrick made the point a few months ago, and Dustin and I have come on board with it. If you're hiring a head coach today, you've got to go on the offensive side of the ball. Is there a circumstance which you would either disagree or you could theoretically justify going defense? Because you look at the four teams this weekend. Great running game, three teams with great passing games. It's the offenses that run the league today. It's a great point, right? If you look at all the playoff teams, you look at even the entire playoff picture, and you look at these teams here that are drafted at the top of the draft, Right, it's a lot of defensive coaches that have come, you know, in these situations. Washington was defense, New England was defense, Cardinals defense, Chargers was defense, Titans was defense. So, and Jets are defense, right? So, uh, you're looking at the top of the screen, the draft order. That's a tough argument. I'll say this: Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. I'm hiring those two individuals. I personally think Bill Belichick sits the year out. I've been saying that since really day one. He wants to chase that record. I'm assuming. And I think he's not too far away with it from it. I don't think you just hang it up when you're 15, whatever X wins away from being the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. So I think he waits. And I think some of these bigger brands that may or may not get rid of their coach next year, they will be more enticing to him than some of the brands that are available right now for him to take a job at. Our buddy Colin Thompson. Okay, before we get to the championship games, let's start with the late game on Sunday night. Kansas City, a winner in Buffalo. I'm not sure what Josh Allen can do. Like, I, 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 he was willing that team. He ran for a ton of yards. He didn't turn the football over. Like, what were your big takeaways from the Kansas City win there in Buffalo? That he's an absolute unicorn and that he is worth every dollar 
and the talk of him not being an elite quarterback and this drama of he's got to win the big game. And are you serious? Are we watching the same game? Like (laughs) context matters. I don't think fans appreciate that. And I appreciate media members like yourselves that give context. Like wins and losses to me is really not a quarterback stat. Where did you play quarterback? What team did you play for? Who were the players around you? And that's a great roster. That's a well-coached team in Buffalo. I think the emergence of Joe Brady coming on, a quarterback coach that was with him every day, you saw the impact that had. So I think actually the arrow is pointing up in Buffalo because their team changed completely once they changed coordinators. And I think Joe will be back this year, even though he's interviewing for some head coaching jobs. So I think things will be fine in Buffalo. I have a good front office, and they're probably going to bring some people in. They were banged up on defense. And they still hung tough and really could have beat the Chiefs. So in a down year for really a really down year for Buffalo, they were right on the doorstep of, you know, game tying field goal away of going to the AFC championship game. Con, just a quick follow up on your point. How hard is it for an offense or a defense if there's a coordinator change in the middle of the season? Because this team, as you alluded to, seemed like they took off after the change was made. It's a great question. I think. Sometimes when you have a new coordinator come in, you just gallivant around the room. And usually when things are going sour, people start talking, right? We should be doing more of this. We should be doing more of that. And when you're not the coordinator, you kind of hear all those things. And the coordinator may not hear all of those things. So to me, at the end of the day, like for Joe Brady, he was in the quarterback room every day with Josh Allen. He could see what Josh was getting frustrated with and what he liked, like on a personal friend level. Joe's in his lower 30s. I think Joe may be 33. Josh is probably 29, 30. So at the end of the day, like, they're very close in age, and it's a good adjustment because usually the coordinator is like, hey, guys, I'm going to run the same offense. I'm just going to keep it simple. We're going to play fast. We're going to get the ball in the hands of our best players. Allow me to do that by playing well, and it's all going to work out. Colin Thompson, SiriusXM NFL Radio, Not For Long Media, talking championship weekend. But again, let's go back to San Francisco on Saturday night. Uh, Am I making too much of it in the locker room? San Francisco's got a bunch of dudes. And Shanahan, end of the first half, he threw the brakes on that game and didn't trust his quarterback. Is that felt in a locker room, or are we making too much of that? I think there was a bigger issue there with Purdy and and the, the wet ball, right? Like, that guy was missing layup throws. He doesn't miss layup throws. Like what makes Brock Purdy great is he makes the consistently like easy stuff. Like he just gets it done all the time. And he gets it in his best player's hands all the time. Like that's what makes Brock great. And that's a skill. And I think there's a certain level of quarterback, maybe not tier one, but those tier two two quarterbacks in the NFL, which he's is in, that do that consistently. And he wasn't even doing that. He's wiping his hand, right? He's got a smaller hand size. That's a knock when you're one of the last picks in the draft. Like you're not a freak like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. You're not as gifted. So I don't, I, I just think it was him pulling back the rain saying, Hey, this is, this is how we're going to win the ball game now, because you always have a game plan going in and then it always changes in the game. And then it changes again in the third quarter after adjustments at halftime. So it's it, to me, it's not a, just a picture of that moment. It's not really what's to come for the Niners. I, even though I do think this Detroit team of all the teams in the NFL, player for player, position group, position group, head coach to head coach, they really match up well. I'm excited for the game. Going to be a great game. Well, let's stay on that theme. Niners are seven-point favorites, total of 50.5 in this one. Debo's questionable. Give us a perspective of how much Debo's potential loss impacts Brock Purdy and the rest of that offense, and then where you see Detroit's strengths being able to exploit San Francisco's defense. You saw when he was out earlier in the year, now Trent Williams was missing too, which you could say is even more of a missing piece. Like if he's out, I don't care who's playing for whom. Like he needs to be healthy for them to go. Debo will be a loss if he can't go. That guy is dynamic. He's the receiver position of Christian McCaffrey. Like they're interchangeable. So you have less, you know, gadget guys, if you will, that can help stir the drink. So it has impact for sure. I think the game's a a toss-up. It's a coin flip. I think that line is not giving enough respect to Detroit because matchup wise, if you go position group for position group, like they're built the same way. Let's say Detroit offensive line is better than the Niners, but the Niners scheme allows their offensive line to play fast and play probably better than they are. But at the end of the day, like defensive wise, both of their front sevens are elite offensive wise with Ben Johnson, 
with Kyle Shanahan, you're looking at some of the brightest minds in the NFL from the similar play tree. Right, quarterback-wise, they're probably Tier 2 quarterbacks. Jared Goff has played himself into a Tier 2 quarterback, and I think he deserves way more respect than I've given him and a lot of people don't give him in the past. I always thought he was good. Now I think he's great. To make these plays routinely in the playoffs like he's done is super impressive. So it's a great matchup. I think it's more of a coin flip, and I think the line's a little disrespectful to this Lions team that, yeah, we get the head coach and all that stuff, but, like, there's material here. This isn't, like, just a team who's, like, excited to play this is like a team that's absolutely loaded with talent that matches up really well player for player with the Niners thank you Colin I'm a Lions fan love to hear it okay we've got two <laughs> minutes left let's do Baltimore and Kansas City two great matchups Baltimore's going to be a three and a half point favorite what do you like in this one I like I like Baltimore uh significantly even over that number I'm not a batting man but I see these numbers running me three and a half. I, I just like Baltimore even more than that. Probably a touchdown plus. I think at the end of the game, when it comes to matchups, like what does Kansas City do well offensively? That scares the heck out of me. We saw what, what Kelsey did, right? Like he was running wide open and with all this creativity. So now you're taking the defensive mindset of Harbaugh, who is extremely intelligent, who's going to try to find ways to counteract some of the stuff that Andy Reid's doing to get Kelsey open because he's got Patrick Queen, because he has Roquan Smith, linebackers who can run, Hamilton at safety. I mean, he's bigger than Kelsey, just as big as him, and he runs just as well. So they have the personnel where Buffalo due to injury, injury they did not. Milano being out is massive for the entire season for them pretty much. So I like the Ravens here for many reasons, and I just think matchup-wise, at the end of the day, when you need to run the ball in this league, like Buffalo should have ran it out ran a big-time four-minute drill and kicked a 10-yard field goal instead of a 40 or whatever it was. If you can run the ball at will, you'll have success in the league, and I think the Ravens will run it at will this week when they want to, even though Spags is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Uh, at the end of the day, I just think the Ravens have too much firepower. There's too much good mojo around the team at home in Baltimore. Okay. Well, hopefully we can catch up before the Super Bowl, and if we don't, you travel safely. Colin Thompson, you can hear him on SiriusXM's NFL Radio, and check out the podcast and the network, Not For Long Media, at Colin Thompson TU on Twitter. Colin, thank you, buddy. Great to see you. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the last bit of football we got left, sadly. I know. Thank you. It's bittersweet. <laughs> it's funny you said that because it's so true. It's like it starts to slip away. Last week, people have arguments whether it's Super Super Wild Card Weekend or last weekend as the best weekend of football. It's tough to it's you're starting to parse deciding between those two, right, boys? But having just two games left, no Saturday football here is going to be a little depressing. I, I tell you, the one good thing was last weekend we wound up with seven good halves of football out of eight. You can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, yeah. Outside, you're right. Outside of Houston and Baltimore in the second half. It was about as good as it gets. Okay, we've got plenty. Mike Randall, Adam Burke, so Championship Sunday's got you covered here on Sharp Money. But when we come back, some huge news out of the NBA. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, dance bro. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you're going to fall in love at the first bite with tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash VSIN, V-S-I-N, you're going to get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Remember, a minimum purchase may apply. It's omahasteaks.com slash VEASAN. This is VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from downtown Las Vegas there at the D. Championship Sunday on the horizon. We've got our buddy Mike Randall coming up. Adam Burke's going to stop by in the final hour. VEASAN's managing editor, so a ton to do. I mentioned really the prominent, like what we do here this week is the NFL for good reasons, right? However, breaking news, Adrian Griffin is out as the head coach, first-year head coach of the Bucks, You know, I was thinking about this, too, as the stories continue to come in. First off, they're 30 and 13, so if you're just basically looking at the number in a basic manner and saying, wow, I can't believe they let go of him, but if you watch the Bucks, and it's been weird all year. Like, for example, you just watch them coming out of timeouts. You watch the disengagement in timeouts. Last night, I was watching the Pistons-Bucks game, and they were just toying with the Pistons. Dustin mentioned it. That was a close game. And then they pulled away late. They beat the Pistons by six on Saturday. The Pistons don't even have Cade Cunningham. I mean, the Pistons are legitimately deplorable. And they're just toying with them. They've got – it's a high-leverage spot, right? The, high, the stakes are high. You've got Giannis in his prime, Dame kind of verge of prime, other end of prime, first year there. And a lot has happened. Like, there's been reports that schematically, defensively, and offensively, Griffin just wasn't up to the task. Remember, right before that final preseason game, he got into an altercation with Terry Stotts. Everybody knows the name Terry Stotts, longtime Portland Trailblazer head coach. But remember, what's the connection? Stotts was Dame Lillard's coach for a long time. So I'm sure there was a relationship with Stotts and Lillard. Now he's gone. There goes a security blanket. Stotts was an assistant coach under Griffin. And right before the season starts, that's an inauspicious way to start it. So Shams and Woj are reporting that it looks like it's going to be a done deal with Doc Rivers, Amal and wow. Dustin. It looks like they're literally just finalizing the deal to make him the next head coach. It, was, it did come down to Kenny Atkinson, who Ooh. did a great job in Brooklyn, and Adrian Griffin. And Atkinson, who's now an assistant up with the Warriors, didn't get the job, and Griffin did. And now, I think pivoting midway through the season, you have to bring in experience. I mean, I guess they could have gone back to Atkinson if he wanted it. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be Doc Rivers, boys. 
Yeah, won a title in 08 with the Boston Celtics. Uh, they had some decent regular seasons uh, in Philadelphia and Los Angeles when he was with the Clippers and those uh, and the uh, 76ers, but haven't been get, able to get past the conference semifinals, and the expectation for Milwaukee is win a championship. And when you look right now at Boston, at Denver, those are two of the teams, among others, that you'll be competing with to get through. So we'll see. And, Patrick, one of the things you said earlier, which is so true about Doc Rivers, I think his ability to relate to guys. He's a former guard in the NBA, played a long time, primarily for Atlanta and the San Antonio Spurs. I think that'll help his experience. I do think he's respected from that standpoint. I know he gets a lot of criticism uh, in terms of maybe some of his game management or uh, situational basketball. But overall, I think there will be a different level of respect given in the locker room. Yeah, it's, and it's also been a flip, Dustin, as well as far as the Bucks, They've struggled defensively all year under Budenholzer for five straight years. They were one of the best defensive teams. Now, you can point to Drew Holiday, but they shouldn't be giving up 120 points per. A lot of that scheme and a lot of that is effort, and that's what the Bucks are giving up. As far as Doc, like if basketball was played on a golf course – he'd be Red Auerbach. Like, if basketball was played on a golf course, like, that's what Doc does. Doc is a networker. He's a BSer. He He's just a dude that has relationships, and that's where he spends most of his time. He's charming. He's a nice guy. He's charming. He, he says some stuff every now and then. I don't know how he is out of timeouts. I feel like everyone was very critical of his coaching style in Philadelphia. Uh, but I want to take you guys back to 2015-2016, the 2016 season where the Cleveland Cavaliers fired their coach despite getting off to a similar start. Griffin was 30 and 13. Cavaliers coach David Blatt was 30 and 11. How did the 2016 season end for the Cleveland Cavaliers? They brought in Ty Lue, a new set of eyes, a different way of going about things, and they ended up winning a championship. Not saying that's what's going to happen with Milwaukee, but I am saying that coaching still does matter in the NBA. And David Blatt was so loathed by LeBron James that he sent him to Israel. I think he came from Israel originally, too, though. So he got him deported. I'm I'm, I'm trying here, boys. I really am. Um, uh, uh, I would say this about Doc. Dustin, I'm not surprised he's on your list. I'm not charmed by him. Oh, you're not. But he definitely no, no, no. I Doc Rivers has never said anything that charmed me. I think he's really good at behind-the-scenes maneuvering. Yeah, well. playing the game. Because this was yeah. definitely lined up where he saw deficiencies in the Bucks game. Obviously, he's calling games now, I think, for TNT. So there was probably a moment where he met someone involved with the Milwaukee Bucks and said, you know, I think I could do better. So just letting you know if you guys are looking to do something different, you're trying to make a change, give me a ring. I'll come in and fix the problems. I, I think you guys both hit on something that's really important in professional sports if you're going to be a successful coach manager, which is the ability to manage personalities. When you look around in baseball, Bruce Bochy is phenomenal with that. He wins his fourth World Series with the Texas Rangers. Patrick, I'm going to give an example from soccer. Jurgen Klopp with Liverpool, his ability to manage guys. Pep Guardiola, same thing at Manchester City, the ability to manage personalities. My favorite coach here in North America, John Cooper with the Tampa Bay Lightning phenomenal management of people. And I think that's one strength that Doc Rivers has, that you have to put him on par with anybody who's the best in the league just from a management of personality. They have the talent. Now can he take them over the top? I think it's a weird hire. I'm just going to say, like, I like Doc Rivers. I just don't think this makes sense. I think if you were going to make this move, you were going to bring in something innovative, not something we've all seen before. Like, the playbook is out on Doc, and like I said, I like Doc. But I think if you're making the move in the middle of the year when you are winning ball games, I just think you got to bring in someone who maybe is a defensive specialist, someone who sees the game a little bit differently than everyone else. I just, going back to a retread in Doc Rivers because he won championships like 15 years ago, however long ago that was, like that was a long time. Long, the Celtics were a long time ago. And let's be real, they underachieved for a long time under Doc Rivers. They couldn't get over the hump. So uh, I think it's a weird hire. I think it's a really well, here's weird the hire. Well, here's the best way to look at Doc Rivers. Let me go to the market, coach of the year. Okay? DraftKings, coach of the year. Uh, where is Nick? Nick Nurse is in the mix. Nick Nurse just took over for Doc. He's doing a hell of a job with the 76ers. Now, while I agree with your overall premise, Dustin, I, I wouldn't want Doc long-term. I think it makes sense midway through the year just because he's so accustomed to getting along with people 
and nothing Fair. about going on a road trip. Nothing's going to confuse him as far as sliding in and being the head coach. I, right. So while I agree with yeah. your premise, I think this makes sense, this situation. You're right because, look, I think Joe Mazzula has – no one's complaining about his coaching style now, but when Joe Mazzula was thrown in the fire last year, there were a lot of questions about some key decision-making right. and some big situations. Now that he had an offseason to kind of reflect and learn, nobody's questioning whether Joe Mazzula should be the coach of the Celtics anymore. Also, the other thing for Doc is the benefit is he's got 30 39- – nine games of preseason. The regular season doesn't mean anything here. He's going to be judged by what happens in those conference semifinals, conference finals, and the, can they get to the NBA finals. Do you know who would have been the perfect guy, though, to fix this problem? And unfortunately for Milwaukee, they made the move too late, and he now has another job. Ime Udoka would have been the guy. Because the, the Houston team went from playing AAU basketball to yeah. being a really good defensive team just by hiring Udoka, bringing in Van Vliet. They have Dylan Brooks. I know they're both pretty good defenders. But, like, he could have fixed a lot of these problems if he was still out there. I like that assessment because that team didn't even know where defense was on the other side of the court last year. If you, if you think on any planet that a couple of vets like Dame Lillard and Giannis – would agree to Ime Adoka coming in and bullying them and being a hard ass. Fair. I'm not. That's dude, that's they both have $100 million in the bank. <laughs> they want to run the team, uh, not be yelled at. Well, but I would then counter with how badly do they want I'm, that title? How bad does I, they want No, I'm not want? disagreeing. Oh, oh, is he a tremendous coach? I think you're right. But this is just big picture. Like, Doc is club med. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. You it's know what I'm saying? It's a carnival cruise. You're right. You're right. You're just chilling. So they're just like, just, just let, just, those guys have such confidence. It's like, roll the ball out. Like, <laughs> let's make it a two man game with the two of us. Like, I don't know. I don't disagree with anything. I think Udoga would be great for them. By the way, Embiid had 70 points, 18 boards and five assists last night. That guy loves hunting MVPs more than anybody that's ever lived. Like, that's what matters to him. Let's be fair. He is going to go balls out and cry again when he doesn't win a championship because those tears are happy because he won another MVP. After the 70-point performance, he's plus 130 at DraftKings as your favorite. And Jokic is plus 250. I'm glad I didn't put that big chunk down on Jokic at plus 150. Because here comes Joel Embiid. Although, Willie, like, injuries are going to be a concern. We've got our boy Mike Randall next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your VSIN Pro annual subscription for $199. That's a year, but you have to use the promo code SHARP. Daily best bets, betting splits, big game betting guides. Like, for example, I've got Thomas Gable runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. He sent over three college basketball plays. We've got Mike Randall coming up. When he sends us plays, they go to the pros. So make sure you get them right now. vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, I mentioned Randall. He joins us. The GOAT, Mike Randall, FTN Network Chief Content Officer. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. I'm going to start we're going to get we're going to start championship weekend, but I did want to quickly say this. How good is this freaking Cincinnati team? Yeah, they're good. And you saw, you heard the stat of course, guys, Big Monday. Bill Self has never lost on Big Monday, but he didn't cover yesterday. This Cincinnati team is good. They're disciplined. Wes Miller isn't afraid of going anywhere, and I think there are some issues with Kansas. Hunter Dickinson Little overrated, guys, there. Gets into foul trouble. They struggle. Kevin McCullough, fantastic, but little concerned here about Kansas moving forward. Nice win by them, but they didn't cover. The Bearcats are for real. How about fact, guys, these teams who come to the Big 12, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, they're ready to play. I was looking at KU and Houston's schedule, guys. Kansas has nine or 13 games remaining. Nine are against ranked opponents. Houston's got 10 ranked opponents. I mean, the league is ridiculous. You, you could have your own pod in the NCAA tournament with this conference. Yeah, the conference is great, guys. I still say for my money, though, you want to say top to bottom it's the best, that's fine. But the elite teams of the SEC, no one can match them. Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, just the elite of the leap. But top to bottom, the Big 12, because the, the, the bad teams in the Big 12 are better than most teams in other conferences. 
Cincinnati, a first-half team as well, went to the break tied. I'm not sure. Outside of Kentucky, Kentucky and Kansas, those are the two best fan bases in college basketball. That was, I was enjoying that. Okay, let's get to it. We'll start with the football. Mike Randall joining us. Pull up the plays here. Okay, you're going to start with an under in the early game. Remember, AFC, NFC on championship weekend, they flip year to year. So I think some would wonder why Ravens, Chiefs, of course, the first game up, but it's just scheduling. Uh, you're going to go under 44 and a half here in Chiefs, Ravens, Mike. Yeah, we're going under, guys, because both defenses are showing out. Kansas City this year, actually 6-13 and 13 to the over. So they've hit the under 13 of 19 games. Their defense playing well. There is not as much explosion on the Baltimore offense as you saw with the Bills last week. And you know the Ravens defense is going to show out. And they're going to learn how to stop it based on what they were able to see last few games here. Pace of play. Close game. Lines are getting sharper, but per FTM model, which has been fantastic, over 70% on totals this year, double digit, and over 68% on totals with at least a 5% edge. We have a 6.1% edge to the under between Ravens and Chiefs. It's our highest edge of all the four matchup sides and totals this uh, NFC champ AFC championship weekend. Let's go to the second game of the conference weekend. San Francisco laying seven in Santa Clara against the Detroit Lions. Mike, you like the Lions plus seven here. Tell us why. Yeah, I do. I, I'm going to take the Lions in this matchup. If you were to tell me one of these teams scored an upset, one of the underdogs, I think it's going to be the Lions. And everybody's going to be on Patrick Mahomes here. But I think the Chiefs have issues, particularly in the passing game. You know the Ravens are going to stop the run. I like this Lions team. We don't know if Debo Samuel is going to be available. And if he is, he's limited. You know that the Lions are able to stop the run. They're number one per Aaron shots here in DVOA rush defense. So I think they're going to limit the running attack. It's going to have to go through the air. And the Lions, I know the narrative, Jared Goff outside, enough. But they should be able to run the ball. And Jameer Gibbs looks fantastic. I expect a bounce back from David Montgomery. I expect this Lions offensive line to stamp themselves as elite as they did when they won on the road against the Cowboys in the game they should have won with the referee thing at the end. I like the Lions. If you told me one of these teams was going to pull an upset as an underdog, I think it's Detroit here. San Francisco, very shaky last week. I know their defense is good, but the Lions' offensive line is legit, and they can stop the run, which means it puts it in Brock Purdy's shoulders. Little questionable on that. Randall, I don't know if you're sucking up to me, but I'm a Lions fan, born and raised in oh, Michigan. Okay. I was – you've got Montgomery on a prop over 45 and a half. Totally agree with that. Uh, where were you – 90 yards to go. Mayfield had thrown for what? Over 330 and three touchdowns. Did you think they were going to come down and score there with a minute to go? I thought it was frisky, guys. I was into it. If you, you made me bet my kid's life, no, I did not. But I thought it was interesting because you always want to be on the side of a team that has nothing to lose. He needed to make a couple passes there. Didn't work out. It was uncomfortable, but I can't say, Patrick, that I thought they were going to come down and score. I just didn't. It was still Tampa Bay. It was still Detroit at home. I felt like Tampa Bay needed to be up to force the Lions to make a play here, and it didn't work out that way. You're, you know what? You're the second. We had Stoney on yesterday. He agreed with you. His vibe was they weren't going to score. I haven't asked Randall, who I respect. I haven't asked you, Amal, and Dustin. You guys were sitting there watching the game. There's a minute to go. They had two timeouts left. Mayfield was slanging it. Detroit's pass defense is horrendous. We know that. Did you guys have a vibe they were going to score? My assumption was this is what I had playing out them all. I had a score and a missed two-point conversion. Lions win. No, I said yesterday, I said, I was talking to somebody, I said, I thought he's going to throw a pick, and a friend of mine is a huge Browns fan. He goes, this is what Baker is. He's great for three-fourths three of the game, and then that one quarter, this is why Baker's not in rarefied air. And look, uh, they made a fantastic play in terms of the interception Detroit did, but I Guys, I know Baker played a great game, but I thought there was a few pockets in the game where he wasn't overwhelming. Dustin? Uh, I definitely thought it was going to happen that they were going to march down and score because I had already texted you congratulations, and I just had a feeling <laughs> that I was going to blow the whole thing for you. <laughs> I know, dude. I was celebrating. But people were sending me videos, grown-ass men crying. I didn't get one from Randall, though. Brandon Ayuk. I talked about that bad pasty. And you agree, you've got Ayuk going over 79 and, a, 79 and a half. 
Yeah, three of the last four times Debo has been limited or hurt, not in the game. Ayuk has exploded here, not buying the pass defense of the Lions. I think Ayuk's going to have opportunities. That's not the way this is going to happen. I love the fact that Ayuk is coming off a bad game, by the way, in which he was under. So it's Kittle, it's Ayuk, the explosion. They're going to look to get him involved early. I bet you're going to see him on some crosses, maybe passes behind the line. Love Brandon Ayuk in this matchup. Lions pass defense has been bad all year. Certainly, I think that's going to continue. You know they're going to focus on Christian McCaffrey, especially because McCaffrey's run, guys, last week against the Packers. That first touchdown run, that was huge. That was the one they really needed. So, yeah, I like Brandon Ayuk. It's a safe play. I'm banking on Debo being limited, even if he plays. That means Ayuk with a greater target share. Let's go over on him this week and a bounce back. Detroit running game, you like David Montgomery over 44 and a half yards. Why do you think he's going to be successful on Sunday? Yeah, because he was stuffed last week, Amal, basically. And David Montgomery is the workhorse for this team. You know, Dan Campbell trusts him. They're going to try to grind it. They don't want to have their defense out there a lot against this offense for the Niners. McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle, they can get up and down. They're on the road. They want to control the ball. David Montgomery is going to get a lot of opportunities. I like him over getting his carries as well. And he's been able to exist on volume. That's what I like. Bounce back. He struggled last week, but that was not the matchup here against that Tampa Bay front. I think this one is better. I think Montgomery has success, and I think he gets over that number no problem. Yeah, Randall, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey when he was pulling away from the defense last week. After what we learned about you, you know, track and field captain there at BC, I had to squint my eyes because it kind of looked like you in college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a lot of speed. Guys, at Boston College, had a 12-man room junior year, 12 of us. They begged me, actually it was sophomore year, excuse me, to go out and try to walk on for the team for one simple reason. They go, either you're going to take it to the house on a kick return or you're going to get split in half and we're going to be laughing in the stands. So either way, it's entertaining. Thank you to my friends at Boston College. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Randall. All right, so FTN, make sure you check it out for your fantasy and, of course, your betting needs. Now, Dustin, you gave it away during the break, but I want you to run this by and we'll come back and talk college basketball as well. You played a futures as far as college basketball. Throw it at Randall. Let's get another reaction. Here. It's my first one of the year. We're digging deep. I had them last year and they let me down. Didn't even make the tournament. 150 to one on New Mexico. Love it. Love it. You got the coach. You have guards. You can shoot threes. You can force turnovers. You have the big guy inside. You had Nelly Jr. Joseph coming over from uh, Iona when Rick Pitino was there. Love it across the board. Mount West is for real, guys. They used to be the butt of the jokes. Now they're for real. I love this. Donovan Dent, Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn. Listen, uh, Jalen House makes us go and get a, a martini when he's playing because he can be up and down. But that's the exact type of guy you want to bet on when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I, I love your optimism. I'll give you 500 to 1 on that one. They're the best team in the land of enchantment, okay? That's it. They're better than New Mexico State. They're good in the Mountain West. Those two guys, when they match up against guards that are 6'3 and 6'4 out of the Big East, Swat City, they're not getting their 20 per. Okay. All right, there it is. Let's come back and discuss some college basketball. I, you know what I'll do as well? We've got one, two, three, four plays from Randall coming back. I've got three plays from Gable. I'll give you one of those as well. Remember, the rest of you, go to vcin.com slash subscribe and become a vcin pro. Hey, Randall, on the way out, when you're having a cocktail watching college hoops, what's your drink of choice? Oh, gin martini. Good Juniper berries, good for the cholesterol. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Randall, we're back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet $5. DraftKings, download the app right now. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly. It's simple. Look, you're going to use the promo code VSIN, V S I N, new customers. You want $200? It's that simple. Bonus bets. Also, no sweat. Same game parlay every day for everyone at DraftKings. The crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Dustin. We've worked together for a long time. We've interviewed, I don't know, hundreds of people. There's Sometimes there's people that stick out. And I remember after the first time we talked to Randall, I'm like, I don't know what it is about that dude, but I want to know more. And with every single time we talk to Randall, it's like captain of the track team. Like he's always Juniper Berries. Like it's just Randall. Like, for example, if Randall said that he was the world record holder for Rubik's Cube, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's out there. He gives us nuggets every time we chat about why he's the most interesting man in sports betting. Here, guys, quickly, here's the one that bothers me. They had a quarter bouncer contest like 15 years ago. Got to the finals here on the East Coast. The winner of the East Coast got an all-expense uh, paid trip to Vegas. Got to the finals, and we lost to the prior year champion, me and one of my best friends, because they had one last year and they had the table in their basement. As you knowing me as you do, you know I was practicing for like weeks <laughs> for this thing. It was at ESPN Zone in the city. We're banging them in there. Just couldn't get over the hump. I could have met you. Who knows? But that's but but boys, that's my point. When I see, hey, we're having a quarter bouncing contest, I just walk by it. When Randall sees that, he then prepares and becomes the best quarter bouncer on the planet. Yes. Like that's Randall. <laughs> just time to shine. Guys, people people were screaming at us. It was intense. I was fired up. I mean, you know, but we couldn't bring it home. Got to the final. Like if you're at a party and there's, you know, the the bags where you throw it into the cornhole or flip cup or whatever, Randall's like, that's your teammate, right? I miss it in college. I used to throw the quarters in, Patrick. I'd slide the cup to you, and I'd wait for you to finish before I put the next quarter in and slid that one back to you. A little trash. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so and and we just learned he likes to cut some corners. There's nothing. There's <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that, Randall. Now let's get to the plays tonight. Uh, you've got four on the college wood. Oklahoma laying four and a half v Texas. Yeah, it's Oklahoma's time here against Texas. I've been fading Texas this year. They're very up and down. They've struggled. 
Oklahoma struggled last year against Texas. Big rivalry here. But Porter Moser does a great job. This team is elite defensively against the three-pointer, holding opponents within Big 12 to 26%. They also make their free throws. Not sold on Texas. Very up and down. And also, guys, they are horrific defending a three-pointer, allowing 41.5% in Big 12 competition here. Not buying it. Nice home win over Baylor. But they gagged it to UCF at home. They lost away to West Virginia without Jesse Edwards. I think Texas is going the wrong way. Rivalry game. Oklahoma wants it. They're home. I think they win comfortably tonight. Love this play, Mike. I'm on the same play here. Played the overnight, guys, last night. It was at three and a half, went to four. Now sitting at five in certain spots. And you're absolutely right. Sooners are undefeated at Lloyd Noble this year, Patrick. Mike mentioned it, almost 76, 77% from the free throw line, which is crucial when you're going down the stretch and being able to cover numbers. One other thing I will add. Mike, in this series, yes, it's a rivalry, but it means more to the people north of the Red River in Oklahoma. And that's why I like the Sooners. They always play well. Uh, when they play March 9th back in Austin, I'll probably be on Texas in that game. But this tonight is a great spot for the Sooners. Yeah, Porter Moser's great on offense. His scheme, everything. They're going to be fired up for this yeah. game tonight. I think they get it. Frank Martin. Is like that run with South Carolina, South Carolina basketball. I went to South Carolina. When I tell you there's nothing, there's nothing. And he had Sindorius Thornwell and a couple of dudes. The fact that he went to the final four, maybe you can speak on that for a second. And his Massachusetts team is hosting St. Joseph's today, lane three. Yeah, Frank Martin, fantastic. My brother-in-law is a donor up in UMass, so I'm very tied into the UMass team. They're going to show out for this game tonight. They need this game. Matt Cross, who was out the prior two games, should be back. They lost away to Rhode Island, which was a bad game. They should have beat Loyola Chicago. They lost at the last second, and that was an impressive win over G-Dub. Now, here comes St. Joe's. Amal knows they're very good metrically, but peek under the hood here with Billy Lang. He can be very shaky in this spot. You look at their metrics, they are not as great within the A-10 as they have been overall. They're, they're boosted by a 10-3 and record prior to the start of A-10 play. Since they went to A-10 play, away Rhode Island, lost by four. Away St. Louis, catastrophic, lost by three. Then home Loyola Chicago, that just can't happen, Billy. LaSalle, Duquesne, that's fine. Now they're on the road. UMass becomes ZooMass tonight. Crosses back. They hit threes. I think this is back and forth a mile. And then the pace takes over with Frank Martin, who, unlike last year, has players that he likes this year. They're going to be tough to beat. The big man Josh Cohen hits a couple threes, puts it away for, for the Minutemen. Yeah, I like that breakdown and a couple of points you brought brought up there. Rhodey's not that good. St. Louis isn't that good. If you're not going to the Ryan Center and winning right now or in St. Louis, you've got some issues. The Hawks team can score. They don't defend particularly well. Josh Cohen's probably a guy many people haven't heard of. Averages almost 20 points a game, right around 18, 19 points a game. I don't think they've got a matchup for him inside, Patrick. I think this is going to be the difference. For me, with Matt Cross expected to play, that's the only reason, Randall, I didn't get in on this game. I wanted to see if Cross was going to play. If he's in the lineup, I like this team at home. Two and a half is going to be a short number. And if you get confirmation a few minutes before tip-off, expect this number to pop to three, three and a half by game time. The, the only dude that Dan Campbell is intimidated by is Frank Martin. <laughs> he scares me. Um, Creighton, you're going to lay eight and a half hosting Xavier. Guys, I bashed Creighton on this show, and I've been good with them fading them, and we got a nice three at the buzzer against Seton Hall this week, and they should have lost that game outright. However, courses for horses. It's all about the matchups. Xavier is not the right matchup for Creighton here. I mean, not, not the right matchup to keep this game close. Creighton at home, great from three-point range. Uh, Xavier wants to run up and down the court, and they have to generate points from beyond the arc, which they're not going to be able to do on the road. This game last year in Creighton, Creighton rolled them. This year, Xavier, Xavier not quite as good. Creighton should be able to shoot. They're not going to get in foul trouble. Kalkbrenner should do well inside. I think the pace is too high. Yes, I know Xavier is hot from three-point range, but that's not going to continue down in Creighton. That's not how you beat Creighton. You want to beat Creighton, you got to be like Villanova did a couple weeks ago where they slowed it down. That's not what Xavier's going to do. You're going to have Creighton hit some shots and pull away here. I do not like the Blue Jays. I've been off of them, but it's about the matchup tonight. I like the over, and I like Creighton laying this number. I don't think Xavier does this one on the road here at all. 
Guys, they're not a particularly good team. They're a young team. They had a win against Providence team without Hopkins in the lineup. They had a just to eke out a miracle against Georgetown where they were laying 12 and a half here. When you look at the trio of Shireman, Kalkbrenner, and Alexander, they averaged 50 points combined. As good as probably any trio in college basketball. Now going into Omaha, I think it's a tough spot for them. Patrick, I would be on the Jays here before I would take X. I, I'm a little bit surprised this number didn't come back at double digits. Okay. Last one. UAB, you're going to take. Take the four and a half with UAB at Charlotte. Yeah, I think it's time for the clock to strike 12 with Charlotte here. That's my point. This UAB team is going to be able to turn them over and get them up and down. Charlotte is a concern for me. First year under Aaron Fern. He's taking over for Ron Sanchez, who did a great job. But they're 5-1. and one. But, guys, they did end up beating Charlotte. They beat Florida Atlantic at home, Tulsa, UTSA, Rice, but these aren't really great teams. Florida Atlantic is not where they normally are. They did beat North Texas at home, but their metrics just aren't great. This UAB team has been just as hot. They have won, I think, nine of their last ten, and their only loss was a true road game at Florida Atlantic, which is totally different than playing them at home. I like UAB here. This number is too low. I even like the money line. I just think UAB under Andy Kennedy is going to get Charlotte to finally give back some regression. Charlotte, tough defensive team, but new coach and has been bolstered a little bit by playing some subpar opponents. This is a big matchup tonight. I like UAB. Stand away from this game, Patrick, but this is a game I'll look at in-game. If one of these teams is down seven or eight at the break, look to come back with the, uh, the other side here. But I, I agree with you. They played well at home, taking out North Texas. And, of course, FAU, they had that game. But to me, this is a Charlotte 49ers team I would approach with caution as you move forward. Here, here's yeah, what concern, I do know. That, go ahead, oh, go ahead and the, No, please. Sorry, the, concern, the concern also is that, you know, Amal, Charlotte very slow pace. So if UAB can yeah. get up here, Charlotte's not a team that can play from behind. It'll be 6.50 Eastern Standard Time. Randall will grab the blanket and yell to his wife, Honey, UAB and Charlotte tip in 10 minutes. Hurry up. Get down here. Right, Randall? I call her in. I go, check this out. She now knows coming under the screen, going over the screen. She just walks by and humors me and goes, Yeah, I know, Western Carolina. We got to come under the screen. I know. I <laughs> and for those that don't remember... He met his wife, and their first date, she said, isn't the Duke game on? And he dropped one knee and proposed. That's pretty 32. much 32. feet per second square, dropped right down, pulled the ring out. That's it. <laughs> Mike Randall, FTN. Go check it out. He's the chief content officer at Randall Rant on Twitter. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Randall to go. Dude, I was joking about the Rubik's Cube, and he came with the quarters. That 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 is Randall. That, <laughs> nothing would explain him more than, hey, guys, I'm a competitive quarter thrower. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, Randall. It's your world. We're all hanging out. When we come back, Burke is back. Adam Burke, VEASAN's managing editor here on Sharp Money. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 